0: made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad and praise with grateful hearts. The thing about God is whatever you need, that's what He has for you. That's who He is. God, we lift you up. We thank you. You are worthy. You are holy. We praise your holy name in Jesus' name, amen. There's a name, that land was mine
1: Cause our highways to the sea There's a hope that calls our courage In the finest sunshine
0: What they are. If you need provision, if you need direction, if you need rest, if you need inspiration, if you need comfort, if you need strength, whatever you need, you fill in that blank. I'm going to give you 20 seconds. To shut your eyes and just think, what do I need? God has it. You can find it. You can find it at the feet of Jesus, in His presence. Today. All of it. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Just say, God, this is what I need. And you are the answer. Fill in that blank. Because He sees you. And He already knows. But if we turn our eyes on Jesus and say, God, I'm here. This is a new horizon. I'm meeting you here today. And I know your mercies are new for me. And I'm just coming and I'm worshiping and I'm praising you for who you are. And you will receive the way, the truth, the life.
1: I believe you are.
0: thanks. Just give him thanks. We thank you, Lord.
2: Place and worship you and lift you up in freedom and in peace. We can lift our voices and we can remember all the good things that you've done in our lives. Jesus, we can remember the sacrifice that you've made for us that we could have life. Father, be with us this morning and bring peace into our hearts and into our minds even in the middle of turmoil and stress. Father, help us to get closer to you Father, even those that feel far away, God, this morning, I pray that you would turn your face towards them, and that they would know that you care, and that you're there, and that you've never left them. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you say hello to a few people around you? Yeah. Before you sit down, get a name or two. everybody. Glad to have you here this morning. If uh, this is your first time as a guest, we are glad that you're here. Um, we had a few of you in first in our Start Here class this morning. That's kind of where you would go next if you're wanting to know more about uh, Christian Fellowship Church, what we're about, who we are, kind of some of the history and the roots of our church. And the Start Here class happens every second Sunday of the month, and so there's another one coming up uh, in July. Would love for you to be a part of that if you've got more questions. But thank you for those that participated in that this morning with Pastor G. Um, It was a great, great time to get to know you. Also, if you're a guest and you'd like us to know that you're here, we have a new here card either in your seat back um, or online. You can also scan the QR code and fill it out digitally. Um, We'd love to know. We'd like to send a note of thanks and just kind of see if you had any questions and how your experience was. we just like to be in connection with our guests. We also have a gift for you on your way out. Um, On the right-hand side, there's a new here table and we have a little cf paris welcome gift for you guests so thank you for coming uh i saw a few of you trying to wrangle your kids and figure out where they go and how to sign them in and walk them back it's always that's always a little bit daunting it's always a bit of a of experience trying to come into a new place and figure all that out so thank you for for rustling with that with us just to be a part of what we're doing this morning so thank you very much for for going through that hopefully it was a good experience for you and uh, we're, we're just happy that you're here. We're glad that you're here. Amen. Let's give our guests a quick round of applause. Look around. and. You know, we um, here at Christian Fellowship Church, we, we believe that the gospel changes everything. Everything. And we think that being a part of a church body is a great way to connect to the gospel and the changes that the gospel brings. We're not meant to live life alone. And so we kind of did a little bit of research and a little bit of looking around at our Paris community, and we kind of estimated that there's about 18,000 unchurched people in our community. That's pretty crazy, right, to think about? And so how do we we bring the gospel and the love of God and the message of the goodness and kindness and mercy of God to 18,000 people except that you invite them, right? Except that you reach out to your neighbors, except that you... Uh, say, hey, come sit with me, or hey, bring your kids to VBX, or hey, we've got this youth program, we've got camp, we've got these things that we're trying to do to love our community and to show them that God cares, right? And so you guys have been doing a wonderful job at, at reaching out to your neighbors and your friends and all that, and I just want to encourage you to continue to do so, continue to bring guests, continue to reach out. We've got, we've got a mission, right? We've got a mandate from Jesus to go, and to invite, and to welcome, and to love, and to help, and to care for. Amen? And so let's continue doing that. Thank you for bringing your guests, and thank you guests for being here. Um, We're going to receive our offering uh, as part of our worship. Ushers, come on forward. Um, Tithes and offerings is just kind of part of who we are as Christians and what we do. One way, it's how we pay for the air conditioning in this building. So if you want to keep that on, you might want to consider giving. Um, It gets a little... It gets a little pricey in the summer. Um, but, uh, but also, it's, it's a way that we can show God that uh, money is not Lord over us. We give back to him because we, we give freely and generously out of the abundance that he's given us. There's a story as the ushers begin. Go ahead and start passing those buckets. Out. I want to share. And um, I didn't ask this person if I could share it, so I'm not going to say their name. But recently, there was a guy in the church who was like, man... A lot of bills coming through a lot of stuff I got to take care of if money's kind of tight I think God will understand um, I don't need to give my tithe and then he just felt strongly that you know what I need to go ahead and give my tithe anyway and he did out of obedience he gave back to God and the next day or a couple days later that next week his boss called him into his office and said hey let's do this performance review and end up giving him a raise uh, the biggest raise I've ever gotten in his life. So uh, there's a lot of stories like that. When we're obedient to God and we give and we do what God's told us and asked us to do, there's a blessing behind that. And so I, I know a lot of us struggle finances is a thing, right? And so especially nowadays after COVID and interest rates and all of that, there's a lot of concern there. But we can trust God and we can trust his story for our life and what we're going through Uh, It's one of the things that God says in scripture, test me in this, right? Test me in this and see that I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on you. And so I want to encourage you, if you're, you have a hard time giving, um, take that step, take that step. Give, give, maybe it's not 10% to start, maybe it's 2% or 5%, but take that step in the direction of obedience toward God and see what God does in your life. It's, it's amazing. There's a lot of stories like the one I just shared Um, across this church body. and So it's a good thing. Amen. All right, let's pray. And then Pastor Corey's going to come up after the announcement video. Heavenly Father, I thank you so very much for this morning. And thank you that we can come together on this beautiful summer day. Get a time away and and come together. Worship you with the energy and the heart that we have together. We love you. We worship you. Be with us for the rest of this morning. In Jesus' name.
3: Okay, ready, set, go. What's up, Silly playlist? With... What's up, guys? Welcome to church today. We've got a few announcements for you. First up, CF Women. Tomorrow night is our Women Are Mean event. Tracy Daughtry is going to be speaking. It's at 6:30, right here at 3410. You do not want to miss it. So, CF Women tomorrow night is a women's event. And then on Tuesday night, it's our church's turn to stock the downtown food pantry shelves. So you show up at six. We knock it out real quick, it's just an awesome way to serve our community. Third, this is a busy week, Thursday we are hosting a blood drive right here with Red Cross and the United Way. So you can go online and sign up at redcrossblood.org. You can just show up, but if you go online you can make an appointment super easy that way, you come on your lunch, come on a work break. So we're super excited to be able to do that, so please help us out, join with us. And then finally guys, VBX, it is two weeks away, so please get your kids signed up if you haven't. I know we've been saying it, but please get them signed up. We're going to be ordering shirts soon, so we want to make sure we have enough shirts for everyone. And then I just want to say thank you. Thank you to all of our volunteers. Thank you to everyone who has donated. We are just so blessed with everything you guys have donated, and we are so, so pumped to have VBX in two Sundays from today. So. I think that's all the announcements. Bye, guys.
4: <laughs> I, I turned my mic on too early and then left. And so we started off with a good, <laughs> and then I was like, ooh. <laughs> Y'all stand with me real quick, if you will. First Peter 5. five. All of you, Dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself, in the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Bow your heads with me if you will. Lord God, we thank you so much. Father, I pray today that you would reveal in our hearts any areas, Lord Jesus, where we are not being humbled. God, I pray that your grace would extend, Lord Jesus, as we turn our face back to you, as we turn our eyes to you. Lord God, we thank you for the work that your son did on the cross, Father, and today we stand in confidence that we are equipped by the power of your word, by the power of the work that was done on Calvary's cross, the resurrection, the spirit alive and well inside each and every one of us. God, let your name be glorified today. It's in the name of your son we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, guys, y'all sit back down. Um, I, uh, I want to real quickly just uh, touch back on something uh, Pastor Brandon said. Calculating roughly 18,000 people just here in Lamar County. No, 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 just within Paris city limits. Within a 12-mile radius. Okay, so it's a bit wider. 12-mile radius of Paris. I'll get my facts straight eventually. We'll get there. But, guys, 18,000 people. And let me, let me, like, further clarify something. We, we can't hold 18,000. It's not just on us. Like, I, I, don't want, I don't want any of us to think that we've got to get them in here. We've got to get them to him. Now, if they choose to come here too, that's great. I will say this, uh, man, it's been, a, it's been a blessing. I've, I've had great uh, communi- communication, uh, continued communication with Pastor Shannon McGuire over at Paris New Generation. And with what I was just saying, I want to extend an invitation to every one of our members, local home folks. Look, Pastor Shannon's got church going twice on Sunday mornings. If you ever want to miss here to go there, I highly encourage it. I highly encourage it. Look, again, (laughs) it's not about our four walls, our four no more. It's about the body of Christ and recognizing that as we encourage and build up one another, so too does the kingdom get built up. That's what it's about. All right, um, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said, pride is a spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense. Today, today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the deadly sin of pride. Because if we're equipped, if we know, we know, I have an anointing from the Holy One and I know all things. That's confidence. But at the same time, confidence can very quickly, very easily turn into pride. And then we're stepping outside of our equippedness of being equipped. We lose. Yeah, we lose it. The very moment we think that we can handle it, the very moment we think we can do it, it's 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 something we immediately lose. How many here today would would say that you have a problem with pride? If you'd raise your hands for me across the room. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. How many people have a problem with pride? Now all those who have your hands raised, keep them up, keep them up. Turn and look at those who don't. No, do it. Turn and look at them and say, today he's talking about you. <laughs> Next time you'll learn to raise your hand if I ask. Uh, look, the truth, the truth is, one of us on some level, we struggle with pride. When we think of, when we think of bad sin, we, we tend to think of other things. Murder. I mean, that's that's got to be a bad one. Um, stealing. Yeah, I mean, that's bad. But, but pride. Pride just kind of seems so mundane. mundane. It, it, it seems. Why do we have to give pride any concern? The truth is we don't like to admit that our pride might be harmful. In Proverbs 8, verse 13, it says this. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Therefore, it says, I hate pride and arrogance. God hates it. And then continuing Proverbs 16, 5, it says this, The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Another translation says, He abhors. That's like hate on another level. He abhors, can't stand the proud. It goes on with God saying this, be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Pride is dangerously destructive to our soul, and yet at the same time, it's very difficult to detect. So then, obviously, the big challenge is those that need this message the most don't know they need it. So if you're today already sitting here thinking, mm, man, I really wish so-and-so was here to hear this. No, 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 no. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> pride is a problem. My, my pride, a big problem. And for you, if you're open to hearing from God today, I truly believe that you'll find that your pride is a problem too. And if you do, if you do battle with pride, the good news, the good news is you're not alone. I mean, besides everybody in this room, on top of that, throughout the Bible, we see example after example after example of people who struggled with pride. Back in the beginning, Adam and Eve struggled with pride. Adam and Eve chose what they thought was best over what God had said. So, made a choice that they knew what was better than what God had said. Pride. King David. King David was a man after God's own heart. He heavily struggled with pride. It cost an innocent man's life. Peter. Peter walked with Christ. Walked the same roads with Christ, and yet he too struggled with pride. Confidently declaring his loyalty to Jesus, only to be followed up by denying Jesus three times. It was later, though, that Peter, after being stripped of it, he wrote this. The scripture we read earlier, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. You see, Peter knew all about being prideful, but at the same time, he learned about being humbled. Now, before I I dive in too far, I think the, the big question, because I even said it at the beginning, confidence versus pride. Is all pride sin? And the straight answer is no. No, 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 no. Like, if you're proud of your child, that's not a sin. I, it's, it's very easy to then get overconfident and turn it into sin. I went to a ball game yesterday and I embarrassed my daughter. I, uh, I was proud of my son. He was playing well, did something well, and I jumped up and I shouted it loud. There's a fine line there. There. <laughs> But I was proud of my son, and I told her, I said, look, I'm, I'm going I'm to be just as proud at your games. So if you're embarrassed now, I'm sorry. <laughs> so no, that there's, there's not, that's not a sinful pride. It's not a sinful pride to bring your best to something. Scripture even talks about whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. There's something about coming with excellence to a project, to an event. Whatever it is you're doing in life, stepping out in excellence, there's confidence that's involved in that, and that's not sinful. See, sinful pride. Simple pride is the elevation of yourself above others, while also a denial of our need for God. An elevation of ourselves above others and a denial that we need God. And when we read that, not a single one of us wants to admit that we're purposefully elevating ourselves above others. Nobody wants to admit that, much less do you want to admit that we're denying our need for God. But pride is not only destructive, it's difficult to detect. I want to point out three different areas, three different types of simple pride this morning. And the first is, is this uh, we're that I'm better than you, pride. Look at here in, in uh, look with me in Luke 18. The Pharisees, Jesus is telling a parable, and, and then it he says, the Pharisee looks down his nose at the tax collector and said, Thank God I'm not like you. <laughs> Oh, uh, now now that's that's very easily recognizable as I'm better than you pride. And not a one of us would ever be so cocky and arrogant to say I'm better than you like that. Right? Thank God I'm not like you. <laughs> what's odd, what's very odd in, in this parable is the Pharisee had no idea how full of himself he was. Worse. Worse, he was certain that he was righteous while doing it. He was positive. You see, pride is definitely defective. Uh, defective. It's defective. It's destructive. it's destructive. Dangerously destructive and yet difficult to detect within ourselves. We don't see it in ourselves. We don't look in the mirror and notice it. God hates that kind of pride, and yet it's it's buried, hidden deep inside any one of us. Now, not all of us, not all of us is gonna walk out of here today and flat out say, Thank God I'm not like you. We're not gonna do that. You see, this type of sinful pride, it it shows itself up as a critical spirit, or worse, as spiritual pride. For you, maybe it's simply, nobody Nobody works as hard as I do. Nobody can do the job like I can. Or maybe, maybe for you, it's spiritual. Maybe it's, I would never watch something like that. I, I would never drink that drink. Now, even those are, are a bit obvious. So... So how about current events? Everybody is, they're so blinded. I'm I'm the most informed. I would never vote for that candidate. I'm stepping on toes. Or in relationships. Ooh especially in relationships, especially in relationships. Marriage is the greatest relationship that you will ever have, second only, only to your relationship with God. It's also the most difficult. Why? Because this is the person that you can be completely vulnerable with, that you can be transparent with. This is the person that commits to choosing you regardless of your failures, regardless of your mistakes. You see, this is the person that chooses to lovingly show you what God is wanting to show you, that your biggest failures aren't too big for grace. I know I'm describing everybody's marriage in here. I, uh, I heard, a, heard a pastor once say, he said, Look, if you want to you wanna stop every single fight in a marriage, he said, all you, all you have to do is before you fight, like if you know you're about to fight, immediately the both of you just got to strip down naked. <laughs> I, I heard it from a pastor, come on. <laughs> but look, think about it. He said, You, can, you can't do it you're vulnerable like you're just it's it's intimidating you're vulnerable but that's that's what marriage is but again because it's difficult to detect within ourselves what will our spouse refusing to acknowledge or admit any wrongdoing all the while bathing in our righteous indignation we might as well be saying Thank God I'm not like you. It's not my fault. It's sinful pride. And why? Why do we do this? Is it that God can't handle your failures? Look, you're never too far from God. You've messed up too much. He loves you, and his word says that there is nothing in the world that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Why? Because because God can handle your failures. He can. He can handle it. But that leads us to number two. Our second type of pride is I can handle it. It's a pride that says I, I can manage. I can do it. I've got it. I can handle it. Some of you, if you're honest, this is this is you. It's a pride in yourself. For some, look, you you may love to give. You love to help out others. You love to bless others. But it's also very hard for you to just simply receive. That's a form of pride. It's an arrogance that can't admit to needing help. For others, you may just be dealing with the same obstacle, the same challenge, the same addiction over and over and over again. Years. And you can't seem to overcome it. Well, it's because you're too prideful to ask for help. That that, that can be harsh. But it's an attitude that says, I can handle it biggest indications, indicators uh, of this type of pride within your own life is is directly tied to how much you pray. When you don't pray, you don't pray faithfully. Your lack of prayer is you declaring, I don't need God, I can handle it. If you didn't wear steel toes, I'm sorry. Like I'm but the truth is if you're not praying faithfully, your attitude is declaring I need God, I can handle it myself. So for you if your prayers if if, if your prayers seem flat, faithless and even predictable, God if, if you'd give us a good day. God bless this food. God keep us safe as we travel. It's predictable. Not that you shouldn't pray those prayers, but, but if that's all you do, those are predictable. Prayer prayer is simply talking to God. It's communicating. And if you rarely talk to God, and, and then if you do, when you do, it's, it's only because you ran into something you couldn't handle. You can't wonder why your prayers are flat, faithless, or predictable. You see, when you don't pray faithfully, your lack of prayer, again, is you declaring, I don't need God, I can handle it. We see all the way back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. God tells Adam, don't eat that fruit. Anything else you can eat, but just don't eat of this fruit because you will die. And it's pretty clear instruction. The serpent comes along and tells Eve, "Yeah, you won't die, actually. Actually, like God, you'll be able to know right from wrong. And so if you know right from wrong, then you won't need God to tell you what's right or wrong. You don't need God. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it says this, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. I can handle it. I can handle being like God. And then she goes and she gives the fruit to Adam. And Adam, Adam didn't even stop and say, What's going on here? Maybe we should think about this. Can we talk? Adam just goes, Okay. But listen, if all prayer is is simply talking to God, then why didn't he just stop and say, wait, what's going on here? You see, what what would have happened if if Eve stopped and simply talked to Adam? What would have happened if together they would have stopped and talked to God? Then, then, Even after choosing to disobey, what if together they would have fallen on their face, humbled themselves and simply said, God, we didn't trust you wholeheartedly, we're sorry. But instead of humbling themselves, they they fall into this, it's it's this tumbling cycle of pride. It's where pride... keeps reverberating itself there's hidden pride you you feel like I can handle it I can manage and it leads to sin because simply because you're not strong enough and then once you sin you feel ashamed because you weren't strong enough and so because of that shame you're embarrassed And because you're embarrassed, you don't want anybody to know. And because you don't want anybody to know out of pride, you cover it up. It's stuck in the cycle. Pride leading you to sin leads to shame, leads to cover up. Why? Why? Why do we cover it up? Answer simply because we want to believe that we're strong enough. We want to believe that we can handle it. The Bible, it says, Adam and Eve, after eating the fruit, immediately realized they were naked and felt shame. Immediately realized they were naked and they felt ashamed. It goes on to say they took leaves to try and cover their shame. and we do this too. We act like we can handle it. And, and, and the shame that you feel, you don't know how to handle it. So what ends up happening is you, you cover yourself up. You hide it. If this is your type of pride, humble yourself. If you're addicted, ask for help. If your marriage is in trouble, ask for help. Don't don't wait for your spouse to get fixed. Fight for your marriage. If you're battling depression, ask for help. Even, even if you're just simply struggling spiritually, reach out. Humble yourself and says that God will lift you up. Now, I've gone over two different types of pride. And some of you, some of you are very confidently fit. Whew, I made it. <laughs> Number one, didn't apply to me. Number two, didn't apply to me. Number three, this is the, the, the anatomy pride. <laughs> oh, this is, this is for those, you act like you're above the rules. Like you're, you believe in the rules, but, but yet you, you acknowledge, you recognize that you're above them. Those are for other people. Those aren't necessarily for you. Proverbs 16, 18 says this, the higher you lift yourself up in pride, the harder you'll fall in disgrace. For some here, it may be simply thinking, I can look at whatever I want whenever I want. Or, oh, I mean, we're married in our hearts. How about, ooh, and Brandon hit you this morning on it, and I'm gonna get you twice. How about I don't need to tithe? Life is fine without tithing, why should I? Think about King David. King David was a man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart, and yet both in 2 Samuel, also in 1 Chronicles, it says this. Now at the time when kings were supposed to go to war. It goes on, it says that King David decided, I'm, I'm above those rules, I need to go to war. So he stays home and he ends up somewhere that he shouldn't sees something that he shouldn't, and does something that he shouldn't. He thinks he's above the rules. The rules don't apply to me. So he brings Bathsheba into his home, to his castle, sleeps with her, and gets her pregnant. Pastors say this. This is an amazing line. Listen here. "Status, Status without accountability is a breeding ground for pride. We're a culture that that thrives on likes. The more influence you have, the the greater you are. We all want influence. Influence is good, but the more influence you have without accountability, it's a breeding ground for pride. Is, Is there somewhere... In your life, is there a sin in your life that you've rationalized? Someplace, something in your life that you're pretending like the rules, they don't apply to me. Adam and Eve, they they thought they could handle it. I could be like God. And what happens? It leads them to sin, leads them to shame, and so they cover it up. They're embarrassed, they're vulnerable. They hide their vulnerability. Then King David, it doesn't apply to me, pride. I'm above the rules. It it leads to adultery, leads to shame, and out of pride, he covers it up and has the husband killed. And then coming back to Peter, there's Peter who confidently boasts, I'm better than all the disciples. I'll never betray you. And then denies Jesus three times. The last, Scripture says, being in front of a young girl. I mean, like he he just had lost all confidence. And immediately upon doing it, denying Jesus, he looks up, the rooster crows. He can see Jesus hanging on the cross. And Scripture talks about he felt ashamed. But instead of covering up his sin, instead of pridefully hiding his shame, Peter humbles himself. Scripture talks about how he's stripped of his pride. And and then Peter comes back and tells us, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, So please, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in Honor. He will lift you up in honor. Look, this is this is the same Peter who was drowning when he took his eyes off Christ. Hopped out of the boat with confidence, but then took his eyes off Christ and was drowning. Now, after denying Jesus three times, instead of hiding shame, all Peter does is trusts. He. He fails, but he trusts that this is the same God that, just like before, is going to reach down and lift him up from the sinfulness that he's drowning in. I'm going to call the band up as I close. You see, guys, again, the problem for most of us is very simply, we think think pride is a soft issue, a non-issue. Something we don't need to worry about. It's obviously something that everybody else in here must have, not me. It's dangerously destructive, yet difficult to detect. Society will tell you, fight for yourself. Prove your point. Stand up for you and you. Tell them what you can do. Promote yourself. But Scripture, God says, "humble yourselves even, even when it's awkward, even when it, it doesn't seem like the right thing. Even when it feels humble yourself before God." And then goes on and says, "When you do, when you humble yourself before God at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. Ask for help. Ask for help and you find freedom. Guys, I I can't encourage you enough to turn in your shame and receive grace. Put down your pride and and all of a sudden your life, your life is changed, it's lifted. Not because of how good you are. Not because of anything you've done. But because of what God does for you. Look, he's lifted me so many times and I can promise you he's going to do the same for you. For someone here this morning, it, it, it's time to humble yourself. It's time to humble yourself. That may look like confession. It's talking to somebody, it's it's opening up, it's being real, it's being vulnerable, naked. It's that transparency. And Scripture says that God desires that relationship with you. The only thing that's hindering that relationship is our pride. I don't don't need that. God, I don't need you. I can handle it. I can manage I mean, that's, I'm above that anyway. It's time to turn to God. In Luke 18, 14, I want to close with this verse here. It says this, For all those who exalt themselves, they will be humbled. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. Guys, the very moment that you humble yourselves before God, Scripture's clear, He will lift you up. I encourage you today. I encourage you. Humble yourselves before God. Stand with me as I as I close in prayer. Pride. We know it's destructive and yet it's very difficult to detect, to recognize, to realize. I want to encourage you today to take a moment, slow down, and simply ask God this. God, do I have pride? Seems like a really simple question, and yet I can promise you this morning, listen, guys, if you'll, if you'll simply turn your face to heaven, turn your eyes to Christ, and say, God, would you reveal in my life any area, anywhere that I may have pride I believe that as you pray that, I, I believe that he's going to show you areas in your life that you're battling, you're struggling with pride. And listen, your your first reactionary response every time is going to be, no, that's not, that's not me, God. No, 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 God, God you got it wrong. Just, uh, I'm not like that. He's going to whisper something to you. He's going to tell you and your mind is going to immediately say, no, nope, <laughs> that's not me. Or God, you know why I'm okay I can do that, I'm okay, we're good You'll have every excuse If you're here this morning And and, and you want to pray that prayer God Show me if there's any pride in my life I just encourage you to lift your hands to him right now As we pray Heavenly Father, we come before you Lord And I thank you for every person in this room I thank you for family Lord God for church family, for relationships, Lord God, that, that you have brought together. The people that you have intertwined in our lives, Lord Jesus, the, the neighbors, the, the co-workers, Father, the, the fellow churchgoers. The relationships that we have, God, that you have breathed life into, Lord. And right now, I pray, Father, that we wouldn't be so prideful as to not recognize and receive help from those relationships. God, even more so, we come humbly before you, admitting we can't handle it. I'm not strong enough, I can't do it, Lord Jesus. In a world, in a society that tells me I need to be, Father, I'm I'm taking a stand and saying I can't. So, Father, this morning with others across this room, we join together and we just acknowledge that you and you alone are our source, our strength, our everything. God, I thank you for your word, for your truth, for everything, Lord God, that you've given us, equipped us with, that allows us to stand in the face of adversity. Not by any strength that we have, Lord God, but by your spirit living alive and well inside of us. God, I pray today that people's lives would be equipped, Lord Jesus, that they would, there would be a, a, a reigniting, Lord God, of, of the fire that burns within. That their Christianity wouldn't be some sort of happenstance that they just walk through life with, Lord God, but so much more, it would be life-giving, it would be life-abundant, it would be life-giving to the people around them too, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that across this room, that as we recognize, that as we acknowledge, Lord Jesus, there's there's areas that we need help. Father God, where? Where? Show us, Father, as we pray that simple prayer. I believe that you're going to reveal in our lives, Lord God, areas that we can start working on, that we can recognize that you've already equipped us, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for the rock that we can stand on, even in the midst of the craziest, the world, the worst of storms. God, I pray that you would just continue to keep our eyes focused on you, that we would remember and choose, Lord God, your way so much more than our own. That your name continue to be glorified. As we lift up, as we praise, as we acknowledge the glory of your Son, we thank you. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give a shout of praise to the Lord God this morning. Come on. Guys, listen. I encourage you. I, I uh, there's there's a there's a women's meeting tomorrow, and I can't.